Hello again, and welcome to At the Podium with Manuel Mesqua. I'm a financial advocate, a CEO, father, husband, and massive sports fan. I'm obsessed with encouraging human beings to dream and to attack that unique vision they have for their life. And through that, they should inspire others to do the same. We built this podcast to share the stories of some of the highest performers and most incredible humans in my life. And we're converting some of those micro stories into lessons that might help you get closer to your hopes and dreams. Folks, today my guest is Nathan Carter, native from Rochester, New York, currently the running back number five for the Michigan State University. Go green, go white. This discussion was a special one for me. It ranges from everything from faith, family, to football. And talking with Nathan about his journey, being recruited initially by Michigan, heading to UConn, transfer portal, now Michigan State University. I loved hearing everything about how Nathan is breaking down his decisions that he's making in his life. I loved hearing him talk about the man outside of football, the privilege it's been for him to be a young man growing up in a two-parent household, and things, mindsets like do more than what's required. How you do anything is how you do everything. I am so confident that you will walk away an obsessive fan of this young man. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nathan Carter. Folks, I'm super ecstatic to be with this young man today. I will tell you that the first time he hit my radar as a human being, I was like, I, I want to know him. And I think the 40, 45 minute conversation that Nathan and I are about to have today is going to cement it in stone as to why I've just been obsessed with following his life and his most recent journey at the Michigan State University in what's my, now my home state of the state of Michigan. And so I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here with Nathan Carter, Michigan State running back, number five, <laughs> number five. And we were chatting before the show today and you said something. You said, I play for an audience of one and I've seen that in your reels, seen that in your reels, seen that in your reels. And that's why I was thinking about it. Tell us what that means. Man, uh, well, first, thank you for having me on, yeah. on the show. And this this is amazing. I have a great opportunity. Playing for an audience of one, man, it's just understanding that the gift that I have to play this game is not just for me, but it's an act of service, an act of worship towards God. To be here at the Michigan State um, is a blessing in itself, and I don't want to just have the spotlight on me. I tell people all that time, like, I don't want people to talk about me. I don't want the story to be about me, but I want the main character to be about the God that I serve, the one that put me here in this specific moment, in this place, because that's what it's all about. 
It's not about what I do on the field or what I do outside the field. It's about what Jesus has done in my life and how I could share that with others. So playing for audience of one is just focusing on Jesus being the main reason of why I play the game as an act of worship, as an act of here. This is my ability, but this is not my own. Like God gifted me with this and I'm putting this out on the field so I could show you how great the God that I serve is. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate and I have been trying to get together for over a year. It's been a while since he got to Michigan, and yeah. I was like, "Man, I just cannot wait for this to happen." So, hey, thanks for making time. Okay, you know, I, I want to talk about all the good stuff. I want to talk about all the good stuff, and yeah. I, I find that especially in younger men in women at a high level of sports. I find that there's always these memories or these stories or these certain characters in the the movie of their life that had such a powerful influence on who they are today and how they chose the sport and how that started. Let's go back to the early days of Little Nathan. Little Nathan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, we're talking about Rochester, New York, right? Rochester, yes, New York. Yeah. That's a shout out. To my brother's brother-in-law, Jay Morris Rowe, Rochester, New York, where he's raising his boys today with his beautiful wife, Iris. Bishop Kearney High School. Yeah. Talk to us about what was life like for you back then? I would say life is great. I was privileged enough to grow in a, a two-parent household. And I, I want to say that because I know that a lot of my friends and people who I'm close with didn't have that opportunity. They didn't have the privilege to grow up with both a father and a mother in the household. And... Just my parenting and how my father, how my mother raised me, it made me the man who I am today. And when I was younger, and if you talk to my father, my father would tell you this, that he was very hard on me. And I remember asking questions when I was a young boy of, okay, why is my dad so hard on me? You know, I didn't understand it. I just thought that he was just bullying me or trying to pick on me. But it grew me into the man I am today. It grew me to grow in, in, in discipline and to have a structured value on what life is and a purpose of life. And that kind of guided me along to go throughout high school and now in college and growing to uh, becoming a man. So, so I give all credit to, to my father who, who was hard on me and in which I needed it. But back then, I didn't know that. I was just a little kid growing up who, who wanted to go outside and hang on the swings. But little did I know that he was growing me to become a man. And I'm very grateful for that. And now I am the man that I am today because of the environment that I was in and the people that had around in my support group to help me become who I am today. Who, I mean, I, I love that you said that because I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent going to share that with my beautiful wife, Samantha. We are, we have, I, I think a very specific way of attempting to be a good mother and father to Ava and Atlas. Mm -hmm. And I am hard. Yeah. On, on our children and specifically Atlas, uh, I think because of memories I had about my father being hard on my brothers and I, you know, he was hard on us and, yeah. and I, I give a lot of gratitude for that approach. In general, it makes me think about how it prepares us for the adversity of life and the resiliency and grit and courage that we need yeah. to reset back to what we said we would do, even in moments of failure and loss. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because as much of a shining star as you are, not everything has been pink pony and rainbows for you. 
100. And I mean, I could start off with in high school. You know, going just through the recruiting process of high mm. school. You know, that was hard. You know, growing up in Rochester, New York, we it, football wasn't that big as it was like how it is in Texas or in Georgia. So I didn't have the luxury of getting looked at by college coaches and having college coaches stand on the sideline in my high school games. I had to go out and I had to work and go to camps and talk to coach and do my own work in order to get seen. And even when I did all of that stuff, I still wasn't promised that I was going to get those offers. And I remember just going throughout the process of the high school of wondering, okay, I remember I telling my mom, I was like, you are never going to have to pay for college because I'm going to get a football scholarship and you won't have to worry about that. And I told her that as a little boy and I worked and I grinded each and every day to do that. And, and the, and the uh, principle that my father was told me is to do more than what's required. So I looked at, okay, what's the average high school athlete doing to get to where I want to get to, you know, working out, going to class, doing all this stuff. Okay, I have to do more than that. I have to do more than what's being acquired for me on the field. I have to do more than what's required of me on in the classroom so that I can get ahead of the competition so that I can get to where I need to get to. And like I said, um, you were talking about how life has its own adversities. When, when I was in college, I believe my junior or senior year, I was getting recruited by Michigan, you know? Mm -hmm. And you hear this in my story a lot. Like, I wanted mm -hmm. to go to Michigan. Like, that was the top school. That was mm -hmm. the school I wanted to go to. And all my eyes set on Michigan. I went to their camps, and I balled out, and I talked to the coach and all that stuff. And then my whole entire senior year, my mindset was just, I want to go play for the Michigan Wolverines. Not to say that I had other offers in line, including UConn was a school that was offering me, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to put those aside because I was just solely focused on Michigan. And I remember my dad's telling me during in the middle of my senior year, and I, like I said, I'm balling out and I'm doing all these things and putting up all these stats. But he's like, son, I've, I've known you your entire life. I've raised you, and I could tell that you're not having fun playing the game of football. I could tell you that the light that you had when you were a little boy has now gone away. And he asked me, he's like, what's going on? And I told him, I was like, listen, Pop, I'm out here trying to chase stats, trying to do all I can so I can go play at this big school, the biggest school, probably in the entire country. And that's what I was worried about. And that's why it's so important for us as athletes to not put our, our identity in the sport because the love that we have for the sport, it's going to cease to exist. And if we put our soul and our identity, but I'm just a football player and I'm just here to get a scholarship, I'm just here to do this, at some point it's going to fail us. And the real question is, when it does fail us, we have to ask ourselves, well, then who am I? So when I put my identity in the sport in high school, I didn't know who I was outside of being a child of God. Mm -hmm. And that destructed me. And now the love for the game has ceased to exist. And I wasn't winning. I, was, I wasn't winning. I think I won, what, two or three games in my three years of high school. I've only won two or three games. So I wasn't winning. Michigan stopped looking at me. It was no contact. So now I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not as good as I was. But little did I know that God had a plan for me to go to UConn, then for me to go through that season, then for me to transfer here to Michigan State, which is literally a, a next-door neighbor at school. Yeah. And I'm on the biggest stage that I could ever be possibly think of, but it just wasn't in my plan. But I had to sit back and realize, and even now, like, I always think back, I'm like, man, like, I'm so grateful and thankful that God would held that from me. Because going throughout the process from Bishop Carney to Connecticut mm -hmm. to Michigan State, all of that strengthened me to be to where I am right now and to be the man that I am right now. And, and all the life lessons and all the adversity that I went through has grown me into becoming the person that God has intended for me to be. I'm just consistently blown away by your ability to see things so clearly. 
I'm like, I'm 45 and so I'm, I'm having moments of struggle mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And here you are, you're just like, well, this is what happened. This is what I did. And here's where I'm at now. I mean, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. What a blessing. I mean, seriously, like I want to hug your mom um, <laughs> and shake your dad's hand. Shout out to mom and dad. They're over you the car. Shout out to y'all. Man, no, no <laughs> doubt. Hug your mom and shake your father's hand. You just have such a powerful presence and such a powerful story. I think people overlook some of the other things that you achieved in high school. National Honor Society. Yeah. Yeah, like, like you know, nobody's bragging about that about you <laughs> no. anymore. You know what I mean? And talk about the relationship you had with academics and why were those important to you? My thing is, uh, and I learned this, is how you do anything is how you do everything. And what happens is, you have to focus on everything in your life because it defines who you are. So if I wanted to play football, I didn't did, this didn't get good grades because I had to play football. I had good, good grades because that's how my life was, that the work that I put in the classroom, it was going to translate onto the field and not just onto the field, but it was going to translate onto life. And I think a lot of people just don't think about the academic part of it. When it's really the academic part of it is why we're here, right? We're student athletes. They put the student in front of the athletes for a reason. You can't take that away. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the sport of football, or whatever sport you're playing right now, it's going to go away at some point. And that's when you fall back on the academics. That's when you fall back on what you learn in school and what uh, and to push you to what your uh, career is going to be in the future. And also, it's like my family, um, especially my mother, put so much of an emphasis on academics because we don't understand that back then it wasn't the same how it is now. You know, and, and my mother coming from Liberia, she wasn't born um, mm. and raised and, and with the luxury of having the academics how it was in the States. So when she came to the States, she's like, man, like I want to take advantage of all of this and I want my children to understand how blessed they are because me growing up in Liberia, I didn't have that. I didn't, I didn't have the luxury of that. Mm -hmm. So it was like she instilled into us like how important academics is and how important it has so much value to your life that a lot of people just don't understand, especially at young ages, yeah. you know? And it's like, you have, you have middle schoolers and you have high schoolers, you're just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna worry about that in, in college. But it's like, the, what, no. you de what you developed in middle school and what you're doing in high school is going to prepare you for in college. Yes. Like, these are the skills and the traits and the characteristics that are going to help you advance into what you wanna do in life. You don't just get to college and flip on a switch and now you're automatically scholar. No, you start when you're young and it continues to build from there. So, I and I love that, and I love the fact that you share a little bit about your mother's journey. I think that, you know, as we look at the greatness of our country and the abundance of opportunities that exist for somebody to come through yeah. with high integrity, high character, a true desire to show up as a servant leader and steward of their environments, those stories, and I think the sacrifices that folks like your parents or my parents coming from Mexico have made uh, yeah. to say, hey, wow, now I see that the American dream is actually like infinite. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not finite. You truly can create virtually yeah. anything that your mind and your spirit believe it can. Yep. That's beautiful. I'm glad that you unpacked that a little bit. What type of impact or influence did your parents or others have in your decision to start at UConn? 
a big impact. It okay. was huge. And I, I had to shout out to my high school coach, Rick Goss. Yeah, Coach Goss. He, he, he's an amazing man. He was my mentor through that high school process because his sons went through that. And they went through all of like Quentin and, and JoJo. They went through the process of recruiting and going to camps and trying to figure out what college to go to. So it was nice to have that mentor in my life to kind of direct me to where I am now. And even now, I still talk to him to this day about, you know, the process. And when I was in the transfer portal, I was talking to him about that process because who yeah. knows it better than someone who's had a son go through that same thing. Sure. Um. So so those so having that support group, they they really prayed for me and they really helped me and really picked my brain off of what I what I wanted to do, what I wanted to achieve, and then going back to just trusting God with the process. Three years ago, if I, my freshman year at UConn, I would have never thought I would be here in Michigan State talking to you right now. I thought I was going to be at UConn for the remainder of my career. But obviously going through the course of that year from being a freshman and going through COVID my freshman year, having our season being canceled, then um, then having a coaching change. Literally, and we're, obviously, I know we're going to talk about that later, but having a coaching change yeah. and then having the, a season-ending injury and then going to the transfer portal. And now being here, it's like you, couldn't, you can't prepare for that. But to, to, to start in the process, I had to understand, like, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So wherever, wherever God wanted me to be at that time, I knew that I had a piece of the UConn. This is where God wants me to be at at this time. Mm -hmm. And this season in mm -hmm. my life, God wants me at UConn. Mm -hmm. As I progress and as I've grown, those things change. And now God's like, okay, I, I placed you here for this season, for this moment, but it wasn't for it to be permanent. It was only temporary. Now I'm going to show you what the plan really was. Now I'm going to show you where I truly want you to be. And back then I didn't understand that. Sure. I was just like, man, I want to be at UConn all four years. I'm going to do great. I'm going to break records, All-American, da-da-da-da-da-da. The guy's like, no, 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 no. I actually have something better for you in store. I want to talk about Michigan State next, but you, as you're speaking and sharing, I'm consistently reminded of listening to you from time to time reference you speaking to God and God speaking to you. What does that look like? It, it, it's almost like it's, it's unexplainable, but it, it's, it's like some a, a sort of peace. And it's like how we're talking right now. It's just that times where oftentimes I was at UConn, I would go on like lots of walks and lots of hikes. And that was my time where I could just be in the moment, just in the presence of God, and just to clearly get away from all the distractions, just speak to him. So I would literally just talk out loud, knowing I'm talking to my Heavenly Father, going through this. I remember when I got, when I was through the season-ending injury, and I was, wasn't playing football, and, and then the transfer portal thing was coming in my brain. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm like, is this from you? Like, you have to give me a sign, you have to give me some 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 clarity, um, some peace on what I want to do, because I don't, because I, I was fearful, I, I was scared of going in the transfer portal and just how the, the portal is now, you can imagine how oh. much fear I got into of knowing is like, okay, Lord, I feel that you're telling me I have to leave, mm -hmm. but I don't know where I'm gonna go yeah. and I don't know what's gonna happen next. Yeah. So it, it was hard for me to, to, to take that leap of faith to be like, I have to trust you even in the moments where I don't understand what you're doing, right? I have to trust God even when God doesn't make sense. And that's a testament to our faith and how much we truly love God is, can I take a step even when he doesn't make sense? And that's important. So like 
going through that of just taking that time to really just hear from God and really to just hear from obviously wise counsel. And that's where talking to my father and talking to Coach Gauze and talking to um, my friends who, who are in my mm -hmm. sphere of influence, all those people, God speaks to a lot through others. So talking with them and, and having them hear my thoughts and having them see, okay, um, this is what I'm thinking. How do you feel about this? Talking to trusted people that help guide me to obviously making that move, that leap of faith to transfer. But yeah. it didn't make sense at the time. It, it was it was tough. It, it was tough. I appreciate you saying that. I think that um, my experience and my desire to walk in my own faith has humbled me many times and reminded me that if you're just always grinding, yes, God is with you. It's very difficult to hear him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I was so curious what it looks like and feels like for you and your relationship with him. Yeah, Because I find that I've struggled the most in my relationship with him and my closeness with him when I've just been in the grind. Yeah. Just like, oh man, I'm supposed I'm supposed to grind. This is what a father does. This is what a husband does. This is what a head of household is supposed to do. Mm. Provide and protect. Just grind, 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 grind for these earthly things. Yeah. And it's like, wait, yeah, that's why you're not hearing them. This is why you keep tripping over yourself. Because mm. you're not creating any moment and environment for yourself to be in meditation or solitude or quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And we grow up in a society that puts, you got to work, you got to grind, you got to fill up your schedule to the max and you just got to put your head down and go, go, go. But that's not how God operates. Like the think about this, like our God chose to create the world in six days and then to rest on the seventh day. He could have done it and snap a finger if he wanted to. You're telling me God can't snap his finger and create the world. But he showed us from the beginning that there has to be a process to everything, that you have to take your time, and then you have to take a moment of rest. And then through the person of Jesus, he's shown us that even Jesus, many, many times it says Jesus had to wake up early in the morning and go, mm -hmm. go away from the ministry, get away from the from the fans, from his followers, from the disciples. He had to get away from all that and just rest and spend time with his father. So, but we, like I said, we grew up in a society where we have to be busy, 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 busy. What happens is the reason why we're, the reason why we can't hear from God is because we are so busy. And that's just the works of the enemy. The enemy is just causing us to be busy so that we're not hearing clearly from God. So we're filling our schedule with all this stuff with, I got to provide. I got to do this. I got to work 24-7 the way we're going to get bigger, to get faster. I got to start my own business. I got to do whatever it is. He's like, I'm just going to give you all of this so that God is not your, so that God is not your priority. So I can focus on all these worldly things, just like you said, but not focus on God. And like, we have to learn how to rest. And especially me in high school, like I, I mean, people would tell you, like I would, I would grind and I would grind and I would go and I would go, but I was not resting. And little me, I thought that the more that I grind, the more that I go, the better I'm gonna be. But that's just not how it works. That's not how your body works physically, number one. Your body has to rest in order for you to grind, for you to get stronger and faster. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing that. And then it, it translated to my spiritual life and to my walk, kind of like it was you. I just refuse to rest. And so many young people 
don't know how to rest and how to rest well because they think that if I rest, if I take a day off, I'm now putting setting myself five steps back from the first person. It's like no, you're actually setting yourself up for when you just sit down and and you're in the in the atmosphere and you're in the presence of God, just at peace, listening to Him mm-hmm. and hearing from Him clearly, mm-hmm. and that's what's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you made me think of something I'd heard before, and I can't I can't cite the source, but it. it it has been something that's on my mind is you find the ability to reflect in a state of rust. And that's kind of always like, you know, swam around in my mind from time to time when yeah. I'm like, well, why am I missing the cues or missing mm-hmm. the signs or, or missing opportunities? It's because I'm just in straight grind yeah. and I'm providing no environment or reflection for myself because I'm not turning it off. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to my new friend, James Murphy, and his entire team. James is the CEO of Element. And look, gang, if you're trying to perform at your highest level, whether it's in the locker room, in the boardroom, or at your home as a parent, I got to tell you, this element that I've been taking daily for the last several weeks, it's helping to restore health, hydration, and it's got zero, zero sugar. And look, I know I'm on Instagram from time to time. I see who their competitors are. I don't even like the marketing and promotion they're using. This is it. If you're looking to restore health, perform at your highest level, and just overall feel great, check out Element. Check out Element. So I really appreciate you unpacking that a little bit. Let's talk about the Michigan State University. What was the inspiration? You're in the portal. You had interest, even with the shoulder injury, mm-hmm. um, which is a big injury. Yeah. Um, especially for the position you play. <laughs> I mean, you use that shoulder a lot throughout your entire career. What was the inspiration to choose Michigan State? When I was in the portal, I had a lot of schools contact me. Mm-hmm. I had from from I had AC schools, schools contact me. I had a various Big Ten schools contact me, a couple of SEC schools. So I, I had a, a plethora of schools contacting me. And one of the things that I prayed was, okay, Lord. And one of the things that my dad actually told me is like, you have to make sure that you're not looking just for a good opportunity, but you're looking for a God opportunity. Hmm. Those things are different, right? A good opportunity may present itself and it might be good in that context, but it may not be what God has for you but a God opportunity will present to you and you will know that it is clearly from God and that the plan goes far greater than just football, but it goes into life and it goes into the people you're going to impact mm-hmm. and the things that God's gonna cause you to do on your team and on in that university, that's far greater than what you can imagine. So for me, when I was praying and going through that process, I was like, okay, Lord, I don't wanna go after all, the, all these are good opportunities, but I wanna go after the God opportunity. I wanna go after the one school that you're guiding towards me. So I was like, okay, and I, and I prayed like, very vulnerable, very mm-hmm. real, rich players. I was like, Lord, like if these are, I need you to remove the distractions. I need you to remove the schools that you do not have for me. I need you to put them out the window. I need you to just simplify it to schools that you know that you want me to be at. Mm-hmm. So over the course of that transfer uh, portal process, I had a lot of schools contacting me and day by day by day, those schools would leave and they would leave and no mm-hmm. contact and no contact. So now, so now of a school I'm looking at, I'm like, oh man, like, I, I love to be at the school. Like, this is great. Like, I love the running back coach. I love what they do. They're a great team. And then the next day, no call, no show. So I was like, mm, that was a good opportunity. 
but it wasn't a God opportunity. And then the same thing over and over and over again. And then it got down to Boston College and Michigan State. And for, for both of these schools, I, I was developing great relationships with the Boston College coaches and with the Michigan State coaches. And I remember I was literally trying to plan a visit and I had to choose one of those schools because I wanted to commit before that. I wanted to get there in the spring. So I had to commit before the end of the year, which some guys will have to go through. They had to commit before the end of the year so they can enroll in school in January. So for me, I was like, okay, I, can, I can't travel to both Boston College and Michigan State. So I had to choose one. So I'm, I remember me and my dad up at like two o'clock in the morning. Literally, I'm in my dorm in college and I'm like, dad, I don't know what to do. Like, I really don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure out what I got to do. And, and I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm like, where do you want me to go where I can continue to grow in my relationship with you? Mm-hmm. Where can I go where I can continue to seek you? Not even talking about football. Football's going to take care of itself. But, Lord God, this is far greater than football. This is about who can I impact with the lives I can touch, the impact I can have on the community and the state. Where would you love me to go? And I was like, wherever, wherever it is, whether it's Boston College, whether it's Michigan State, I was like, Lord, I'm all in. And throughout the time, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And then my father calls me back. He's like, son, I think I have your answer. He's like, something in my mind tells me that Michigan State is in. And, and I was like, I was it's like, something's like, something's telling me that this is like, it's like the whole time we were talking about big opportunities. We were talking about, you want to do what the, what, what the God opportunity is. And you look at what Michigan State offers. You look at Athletes in Action, um, which is the Christian oh, fellowship yes. for athletes. You look at that, you look at what, what they represent. It's like, I think that God has something for you here that's far greater than just what you're going to do on a football field. But for years and years to come, the impact that you're going to have the lives on the teammates and the people you touch, this is a place where he has that. So I was like, all right, I'm all in. So I literally went to, went, I literally called Michigan State. I was like, listen, I'm all in. And and now I'm here at Michigan State. And, and that's how it was. And since January, since I've gotten here, even through the adversity that we went through, even through all the tough times, I could still honestly say that this was a God opportunity that God was preparing me for. This was a God opportunity that God was preparing me for. And also, it wasn't always sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. It wasn't sunshine and rainbows all the time. From January till now, I mean, even throughout the season, we face adversity. But oftentimes, God allows us to go through the storm just so we can see how pure and how good he is. I mean, you, 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 you look at the Bible, look at Jesus, like Jesus not only healed the 5,000, but he also allowed his disciples to go in a storm. Mm-hmm. It was literally feeding the 5,000, doing a the miracle, then they're in a storm. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that. And God, he's like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give you, the God opportunity doesn't mean it's going to be clear. doesn't mean it's going to be sunshine or rainbows. There's going to be adversity. We were promised as believers that we will go through hardships. We will go through persecution. But we can be joyful through all that. Why? Because God's with us. Because God said he'll never leave or forsake us. Because God's good. Because in every sorrow, you can always find joy. In every pain, you can always find purpose. Right? There's always something better in, in, in the midst of all that you're going through. And I've seen that happen in the lives of my teammates, in the lives of the people mm-hmm. I'm connected with, and even in my own life as being in Michigan State. And, and this is why I'm a Spartan dog, because it goes far greater than just playing football for Michigan. But what God is doing here in this state, what God is planning to do here for this school and for this team going forward, it's going to be far greater than any of us can ever imagine. This year... A lot of unexpected moments. Yeah. What did it look like to show up as a great teammate this year with all the adversity that existed? 
I mean, we're talking, I mean, just things, I mean, you, you couldn't write this movie in advance of the movie happening. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't. So what did it look like to show up as a great teammate this year? I think for me in the beginning, it, it, it was hard because I was questioning and, and like I said, when we go through pain and we, when we go through just times where God doesn't make sense, it, it challenges our faith. I remember in the beginning when we were going through this, it was hard for me. And to, to just be transparent now, it's because I was like, Lord, like you, you called me here to Michigan State and I left to UConn for, for situations similar to this, for a coaching change for the unexpected. And you brought me here just to put me back to the same thing. And it was like, I, I don't get it. Like, and, and it was hard and, and it was hard of, of trying to uh, go to practice every day and playing the game every day, knowing that these coaches are not going to be coaching anymore, knowing that all this craziness were happening and there's just and there's just more craziness and more stuff happening day in and day out, week in and week out. And plus we weren't winning, so it doesn't make it any better that we weren't winning games. And it's like I see my teammates grinding every day. We're grinding every day. We're working every day. We're doing what we have to do. But it's like we're not getting the results we want. And it was hard. Mm -hmm. And that's where God, for me, it really tested my, my leadership. It tested my faith of I have to act on despite of what my emotions may feel. Mm. Right? I have to, just because my, my, feel, my feelings are real. And the, yeah. my feelings are real, but not they're not always reliable. And just because I don't feel like I want to get, just because I don't feel like I want to be a great teammate, just because I don't feel like I want to go to practice, I don't feel like playing this game, I had to act on opposite of my feelings. Mm. And my and when, once I did that, once I acted on action, now my feelings started to catch back up. It's like, man, like I'm ready for this. I'm ready to go grind. I'm ready to go play. And day by day by day, I had to make the choice and make the decision to act on what I have to do, not act on what I have to feel I have to do. And for me, it was just like, okay, how can I be at service to my teammates during this difficult times? You know, how mm -hmm. can I, because a lot of teammates are going through a lot of decisions. I mean, since it happened, a lot of people yeah. were very close with, with Coach Tucker. A lot of people were very close with a lot of the coaches and just them coming to the realization of, man, like, I know that there's a chance that my coach is not going to be here mm -hmm. um, at the end of the year, but I've, I've been here for three plus years. Mm -hmm. I've been here for a long time. This has been my same coach and now he's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what to do. So for me, it was just a moment where I could just be there for, for, for my teammates in a way, an act of service of just being there as, as someone they could come to, someone where I, where I, where I could pray for them. We, we did Bible studies and we literally, our Bible studies was just talking about what we were going through in life and seeing what the word says. And we talked mm -hmm. a lot about pers persecution and we talked a lot about adversity and why God allows us to go through that thing and what it means for us. Mm -hmm. And just having those, those moments of, man, just like I said, resting and kind of taking a step back and just checking out someone like hey man like how are you doing like what do you feel yes. like give me like it's okay if you, if you gotta cry if you gotta let it out if you gotta yell let out your anger it's okay let it out don't hold it all in like i wanted to be that person for my teammates and and i, I wasn't alone i was surrounded by other great men and leaders role models who were helping me with that but just for all of us collectively as a team just for us to stay together mm -hmm. um during that time it strengthened us and mm -hmm. i and, and i think i think it strengthened every single one of us even the coaches as men to 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 hold on to we have to finish this thing out strong mm -hmm. in the midst of all the stuff that we're going through i appreciate you sharing about that because i think of my time before the season with like nick and jd yeah roommates for four years <laughs> they were so amped up yeah. 
to come back a fifth year live apart finally yeah <laughs> i just remember that story so vividly with those guys which by the way they're huge and i always thought like man for for 5'11, 230 pounds, I'm not that little, but you know, next to those boys, I mean, big. they are big. Different, different size, yeah. <laughs> and when I think when when things started to happen this year, I thought of the way I've gotten to know the two of them. I thought of the way I got to know you from a short distance. I think God orchestrated men like that mm -hmm. to be here to serve yeah. teammates and brothers that might not have been as mentally and spiritually prepared for moments like this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I, I, I think he had a hand in that no doubt. to ensure that people like you and JD and Nick were there to say, hey, the job is still the job. The work it takes is still the work it takes. Yeah. And together, all is possible. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know there are a few very significant leaders that you had in the locker room as teammates and brothers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, no doubt. Like I said, it was such a collective effort. You look at Nick, you look at JD, you look at those guys, um, th those guys, and just, just, um, and for me, like I had guys like Caleb Coley, um, who and oh. Jonathan Kim, like mm -hmm. some other uh, spiritual. You look at Jordan Hall, like yeah. the, the freshman who really, really walked into the leadership role um, for that defense. Yep. Um, you look at guys like uh, Dylan Tatum, like Trey Mosley, guys who even, even though they got hurt, they were still around the team. Like they 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 were still a part of the team despite being hurt. Like they were still in it. They were still all in. Yeah. So it's like you look at those guys, um, th those men who 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 have shown that listen, despite the adversity we're going through, we still have to fight. We still have to grind. We still have to finish it out. And I I've said this, made like people ask me after games, like we will lose, we will lose a tough game. They ask me like, how how are you dealing with this? Like how are you how's all this going? You know, like you're you're losing games. Your coaches did this and that, and now you know like what's going on i tell people like these things are life lessons and for us as men we have to understand that this is nothing compared to what you can face in life mm. you know and obviously you being a married man having children and even having a business like you understand that that there are times in life where you got to figure some stuff out and there are times in life where you got to put your head down and be like man like right now i don't feel like i can go no more but I got people counting on me. Mm -hmm. I got my wife, I got my kids counting on me to continue to provide, continue to put food on the table, to continue to, to do all these things, to continue to support them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I dumb down my feelings. I'm very real. But like I said earlier, like you have to act opposite of those feelings. So even though we may not have, we may not be playing well, we still gotta go to practice. We still gotta grind. Because mm -hmm. if you give up, if you're gonna give up in the midst of adversity, Years down the road, when you've lost your job, you can't give up. Your wife needs you to, has to count on you. Your kids have to count on you. Mm -hmm. so, so as men, this, this has to refine of who, who, what man do you want to be? And that was kind of the message that, that Coach Barnett and a lot of coaches mm -hmm. were relaying to us of what type of man are you going to be? even in adversity, because if you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna rise up and you're gonna stand and you're gonna fight and you continue to grind, or you're gonna lay down throwing the towel. You have to make the choice, and you have to make the choice every single day. And I've seen, I've seen guys on the team make that choice every single day to continue to work, to continue to grind, and continue to fight. And I think that this season, it was was such. I'm blessed and thankful that we went through what we went through mm -hmm. because we needed that.
And little did I know that I needed that. Little did I know that God was going to even test my own faith and 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 to the adversity that we want. And and we like I said it, people will, will hear me say that, but like you're you're crazy. Like why in the world would you want that? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to understand if if everything was like I said sunshine and rainbows, how would you know who you truly are? Mm-hmm. How would you know what you can truly handle if you don't go through the hard times? Mm-hmm. If you don't go through adversity, you wouldn't. That's right. You wouldn't. How would you know? How would you know if what God says is true? How would you know if God will never leave or forsake you yeah. if you don't get into moments where you're like, God, where are you? Yeah. God, I don't feel you. Yeah. God, I don't understand you. But it's through those adversity, it's through the the tough times and temptations and the trials and the tribulations that we go through that test who we are. Yeah. And it also it also puts on display the glory and how good God is of this is the God I serve. He's with me through it all and there's a purpose to the pain I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah, I love that message just in general of, you know, you meet your true self in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. Right. No doubt. I mean, not, not your words, my interpretation of your words, but you know, I've got, I've got good friends that say that Paul Davis, another Spartan dog played basketball for Izzo, got out in 05, 10 years of professional basketball just always says that he's like, dude, every time I've met my, the true me, it's been in the face of something very mm-hmm. difficult, yep. you know, and that's where I found myself. So thank you for sharing that. I know we're, I know we're coming up on time. I want to hit on a couple other things that were important for me. I wanted to share, you know, these aspects of who Nathan Carter is with our listeners. Um, when you think about, let's fast forward the clock. I don't, whether you want to go down five, 10, 15, 20 years in your life, what are the things you want to look back at and say, yeah, this is how I remember my time at Michigan state. And this is how I remember who I was as a man at that time. Um, I say it like this when, when let's say that Obviously, it's gonna take a little turn, but let's say that I, 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 let's say that I pass away tomorrow. Something happens to me, and you got all my teammates, you got all my coaches, you got all my friends and my family. They're all there in the funeral, and they're speaking on me. I don't want them just to go on the stage and tell them this was Nathan Carter on the field, and they think I saw Nathan do this, this, and this on the field. But I want them to say this is the person Nathan was outside of football. This was the man Nathan was that he showed me. This was the support that he was. This was the servant that he was. I want people to look my mother and my father and my sisters in the face and be like, your son wasn't just a football player that everyone told him he was. He wasn't just the, 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 he wasn't just doing all these things. Your son was so much more greater than that. Your son helped me grow on my faith. He helped me to become a man. He helped me to do what I needed to do so I could be better in my life. And that's the impact that I want to, create not just for my teammates but for the, the state of michigan for all the people that that had that that look towards me towards influence like football is a gift and it's a platform that i've been given but it's not for me there is so much i could do through this game outside the foot outside of the game that that has that could prepare me for what god has for me in store and i don't want to just be nathan carter the michigan state running back number five mm-hmm. that, that's not who that's not why i want my day again i want to be nathan carter the man that 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 helped me to grow in my life spiritually emotionally mentally um all the above and helped me become a better man 
that's who the man I want to be. It goes far beyond what football is. Like if I can create, create an impact on my teammates, if I can just some sort of impact, some sort of some some sort of positive anything, just an affirmation, a support. If I can do that for my teammates, then years years down the road, that's what I want them to remember. Not be like, man, I played with Nathan Carter on the field. It's like, no, I, I knew who Nathan Carter was as a man. I feel like that holds a lot more weight than scoring touchdowns on Saturday. Yeah. I love that you said that, and I'm thinking about how 40, 45 minutes into this, not one time have you referenced the fact that you would also help build men physically, but I, I've seen you with and without a shirt off, uh, and I'm just like, this, this is so jacked. I'm like, I'm like, is that even real? I'm like, what, what does the workout look like to create that? So I love that one time earlier you referenced kind of the grind in high school and how you were just like, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to do more than what's required. Clearly, clearly <laughs> you have put your body through more than what's oh, required. So I wanted to point that out because, man. Chrissy, we got to make sure that during some of these reels, we we put some clips of, of him with, you know, half a shirt on or whatever so that folks <laughs> see what my point was. The Carter Effect podcast. Mm. Give us the 60-second commercial on that. Man, um, the Carter Effect podcast is a podcast I actually started in covid um, when everything was shut down, I didn't know what else to do. And I got tired of playing video games all day. So I was like, man, like I want to do something that's something that's more beneficial than just sitting on a computer screen all day. So I, I've always been someone who listened to podcasts, listened to books. I was like, why not create my own podcast? You, yeah. know? you know, why not? You know, I have, I have, like I said, the platform that I have, I feel like a lot of people would want to hear about what goes on in the, in the student athletes day to day life. And I feel like not only that, but also what, what goes on in, in, in Christians to the athlete day to life and help them grow on their faith. So I created my podcast as a way for me just to have opportunity just to share my faith and to share about my life and to share about the things that I was going to going through. And, you know, I just started to fall in love with it. And yeah. I shared it out with teammates and they started to fall in love with it. And they get they text me and be like, hey, like, when's the next podcast coming out? And then when I came to and like I said, when I was doing that at UConn, I just had an iPad and I had like a little adapter and I had an app and I had like a little mic and that's how I was doing it. It wasn't nothing all crazy. And I went to Michigan State, I actually met with, um, I, I work with uh, Impact Studios, which is a oh. radio station <laughs> at Michigan State. <laughs> and I talked to, to their head guy and he was like, man, like I've listened to your podcast oh. if you want like if you want to continue your podcast in our studio like we would love for you to do that i was like wait what i was like wait I was like, you tell me that i can go from doing a podcast on the ipad to now <laughs> doing a podcast in a live time <laughs> studio and man like every time i step in there i'm like man this is such a blessing and and, I, and i've done it and i've had guests on the podcast yeah. and i had teammates on the podcast and, and this thing is just going to continue to grow where i'm going to have coaches on a podcast i'm going to get coach smith on a podcast to just talk with him i'm just okay. going to do all those things and it's just like it's such a great opportunity like i don't i don't know of any many many athletes i'm sure there are but i don't know of many athletes who have done something like that or even in michigan state who've done a podcast with bringing other athletes in talking about life talking about faith talking about whatever talking just about what we go through in college and yeah. i feel like a lot of people would be interested in that so that's kind of why i created it is I've, I've enjoyed it so far so even coming on this podcast doing things like this like i love this because this is what i'm passionate about and i can see this being something i can get into as like a hobby long term just to see yeah. what, where it takes you know so yeah i do i do want to give a quick shout out to your agent pat i mean you know super big time thanks to pat for helping us coordinate no this doubt. I know we'd been in touch for a while and just a, a first class human from the few interactions that our team has had with them. So shout out to Pat, coach Smith, 
I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, people are amped. I mean, they're really excited. I've heard so many good things from really powerful, influential alums who really care about Michigan State, care about the program, but most importantly, care about the student athletes and the future leaders that Michigan State student athletes become in this world. Quick thoughts or reflections on Coach Smith and any brief interactions you've had with them? Yeah, just just from Coach Smith, like he has he has told us, like he is here for us. He's here to serve us, and that's one of the first things. Like our first team, he was like, "Listen, like I'm going to bring in not just great football coaches, but I'm going to bring in great men. I'm going to bring in great leaders so that you guys can become great men and you guys can become great leaders." And like I said, for him, it's just it, obviously we want to win games and we want to succeed and we want to win championships. But I believe for him and for all the coaches that he's bringing, in, it goes far beyond football. It goes to be being great. Husbands, being great fathers, being great business people. Like, I feel like they care more about that than just the aspect of football, which is what we need because they understand that the game of football doesn't last forever. Um, but but what but things that we do here and what, what and what we do at Michigan State, they're going to lead on to what we want to do in mm-hmm. our lifetime. So just having those few interactions with them. And like one of the things that I love is that he sat down with all the players. Um he he must listen to us. Yeah. Like, and and that's so important. Like he hears us. He's like, listen, like I don't I just I just I, I just got here. You know, yeah. they're, they're still right. they're, they're still getting caught up. Just getting here, still getting a group of things, talking to people, trying to build relationships. But they want to speak to us, the current players. They didn't go out and try to do a and try to remove everybody from the team and bring in their own uh, stuff. They didn't do that. They're like, listen, we want you guys here. Like, we want to keep you guys. Like, we want to fight with you guys. We're going to grind with you guys. And we want to learn from you guys. We want to see how can we serve you better? Mm-hmm. How can we be coaches for you guys? Like, what do you guys need? Like, what are some of the things you didn't like? What are the things that you, that you do like? How can we help you make changes? And that was so important because when you have someone that listens to you and have someone that cares about making that change, it makes, it makes you want to run through the wall for the guy. You know, and, and like I said, me as I'm continuously building relationship with Coach Smith and with the rest of the coaches. But just from first impression, it's just been great to hear that a coach has come in and he's not just trying to change everything. He's not going to be like, oh, I want to do things. This is how I do things my way. And this is how it's going to be. There is going to be change and change is necessary. And just because there is change doesn't mean it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think actually change is good. So he's like, there is going to be change, but I want to listen to you guys. Because at the end of the day, we all have a same goal. We all want to win. We want want to win championships and I want you guys all to grow as men I guess you want I want you guys all to be successful outside of the game of football so that's what coach Smith and his staff has come in and done for us and I believe that the people that they're going to continue to hire on staff and the people they're going to get from the portal are going to be men that add on to that and not just men that are going to try to come in and take our spots but like listen I want to add value to who you guys are mm-hmm. because you guys are a talented team you guys went through some tough times but that doesn't discriminate the talent that's on this team. And that's what's important mm-hmm. for me. And that's what I, I, I hope that the other guys and for people coming in, even thinking about Michigan State, still really want them to understand is like these guys value us as human beings mm-hmm. and not just athletes who are going to play on Sundays. I love that. I mean, I think, you know, everyone's excited. I think your competitors are a little concerned that <laughs> maybe he is exactly the man that was mm-hmm. supposed to be here which is a beautiful thing for Michigan State yeah. and for all of you. One of the things you said that really struck a chord with me, which I think is powerful, is the fact that he came in wanting to get to know you, to understand, really came in with a listening heart mm-hmm. uh, and a servant leader's mentality. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Right? We all crave 
and desire to be understood by the people in our lives and to have such a successful coach come in with that approach. I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm, beautiful. I'm looking forward to meeting Coach yeah. Smith and hopefully sharing his story sometime soon on the podcast. I could sit here with you for days. Oh, yeah. I think you know that. <laughs> I think you know that. But we can't. And so I want to give you a chance to maybe share any kind of final parting thought with our listeners today. Oh, man. I, I, if I could just share one thing, um, it would just be like there's just so much more value in this life when you're connected to Christ than there is when you're out, when you're not. And the the world will do anything that it can to give you what you think you want. And then at the end of the day, take it all away. And then you're left with emptiness and the void. But I mean, think about this. We're uh, we're coming up in a holiday. It was Christmas, right? And it's all about giving gifts. It's all about, you know, Santa Claus and rough red-nosed reindeer and the snow and all that stuff. But the, but the sole reason of Christmas is that we serve a God. Um, we have a God that was so gracious enough that in the midst of who we were, in the midst of our sinful nature, um, he humbled himself and he left heaven. He left the throne of heaven to come and the creator became the creation. He came on this earth as a little baby born as a, in a manger. Like if you even study that, like he didn't come in with, with, with gold and with silver wrapped around his necks. He was born in a barn. <laughs> like the the one that created the earth was born in a barn yeah and it was probably smelly it was disgusting it was tight it, it was all this stuff but he did that because he loved us and that's the sole reason of christmas is that the fact that jesus that god the god's one and only son jesus came on this earth and and and, and his name is emmanuel means god with me god saves like god came on this earth to save us to free us from the, the 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 sin, to free us from death, to free us from separation from Him, He did that. Mm -hmm. So in this Christmas season, and listen, I know a lot of families have this um, animosity about Christmas, and it's like some people don't have fam good family dysfunctions, and some people have lost family members and not going to be here for Christmas, but. Christmas is such a gift because Jesus was given to us as a gift. Mm -hmm. And in this Christmas season, I want people to understand that the sole reason of Christmas is not so that you can give gifts to your loved ones. It's not so that you can wake up with, with Christmas pajamas. All that's good and well, but it's for us to really remember the ultimate gift of Jesus coming on this earth and then 33 and a half years later dying for us mm. on the cross for our sins. Like that is the ultimate gift and that's what's so important. So I want people to remember that as they're going into this new season and really into this new year of understanding that, listen, there is more life, there is more to life with Christ than there is without. What a beautiful message. You made me think of a time where I heard someone say that cold is not real. It's simply the absence of heat. Absence of heat. Darkness. Mm is not real it's simply the absence of light Amen. and evil is not real it's simply the absence of god in your life mm. and it was a real that you share yeah, not too long ago and yeah. i i saw it and i'm like dang mm. you know Powerful. if you could just walk every day if this is your faith if you could walk every day with that on your mind mm. Amen. yeah so man it's beautiful i Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you, you are the man. You are special. A hug to your mother, a hand, firm handshake to your father. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Goss. Thank you to Pat. Mm -hmm. Excitement for Coach Smith. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I'm, I'm going to miss Nikki and JD. 
God, I mean, man. they're going to they're gonna be guys, missed man. on that campus. Yeah. You know, they, they should get some bronze statues before they graduate <laughs> and leave. So shout out to my guys. Love those guys. Guys, I just believe in big time. They're going to do great things beyond Michigan State's campus. You're going to do great things at Michigan State for a little while longer, and I can't wait to yes, see sir. all you do. Yes, sir. It's been a blessing that. and a privilege to have you. I mean that. Thank you. I appreciate okay. this. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity. I love speaking with. I love speaking about this and just speaking with you. It's just we've. Uh, it's so we've been doing, trying to get this. Yeah. So so long, and um, to God be the glory that we finally did. So thank you so much. Appreciate you, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to our guest, Nate Carter. Connect with him on Instagram at underscore Nathan Carter, and then the number five. And on X, I guess formerly known as Twitter. I forgot Twitter was a word. At underscore Nate Carter and then the number five. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to follow, rate, and review at the podium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow our show on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's at podium underscore podcast. And look, if you have a second, post about the show on social media, tag us. We'd love to repost it to share our gratitude for you in the community of advocates that listen in every other week. Your support means the world to us. And listen, if you enjoy the content, we'd love for you to also hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. And never forget that friend to friend is still the greatest way to share the story of our show and the stories of our guests. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey gang, I wanna send a special shout out to my friend, Jennifer Maxwell. You may know that name. Jennifer and Brian were the creators, founders of The Power Bar. And so for people my age, 45 plus or minus 10, gang, we know The Power Bar. Well, guess what? Jennifer has now launched a new bar. It's incredible. My entire family loves it. Samantha Ava Atlas. They've got vegan, gluten-free options. It's completely organic and it's called Jam Bar. I know they use this language in describing it, but I completely agree. This thing is a complete labor of love and an instrument of spreading positivity starting in your tummy. If you want to stay healthy, you want to put something in your belly that makes a ton of sense, organic, vegan, gluten-free options, check out Jam Bar. Jennifer crushed it with this product and we wish them a ton of success.